Hello and welcome to the Daily Reprieve, where we provide essays, speaker meetings, workshops, and conferences in podcast format. We are an ad-free podcast. If you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and drop a dollar or two into the virtual basket. Please consider donating monthly by clicking the Donate Monthly button. However, one-time donations are always welcome. Just click the Donate Now button. Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve. My name's Jack. I'm a uh, gratefully recovering sexaholic. I want to thank you all for uh, letting me uh, share with you. Um, I like to start my day with a simple statement to God, and I just wanted to give it to you. This is the day the Lord has made. Let's rejoice. Isn't it wonderful to have a day? Wonderful to be alive? Just, I can't believe that I can say that, because for 52 years, I didn't really have a life. Um, I'm going to give you a little bit of history, and then I want to talk about the uh, spiritual awakening part of it. There are a couple of uh, just very brief little excerpts out of the uh, step guide that I picked to kind of be the guide. And uh, like Andrea, I didn't plan any of this. Uh, I sat down and meditated last night for a while, got up this morning for half an hour and meditated. And uh, as I was walking in here, I realized that I had some materials here that were useful. Uh, but let me just read a couple of things. Uh, the first thing is the 11th step is the pathway to the 12th. Uh, and it says, the purpose of the 11th step is to help us formulate our prayer and meditation techniques so we can improve our conscious contact with God. In doing this, we learn to pray only for the knowledge of God's will and the power to carry it out. Um, that's something that uh, I'm going to talk about. It's been just an incredible experience in my life to come to understand something of what that's about. Second thing is the end of the uh, uh, prayer of St. Francis, the 11th step prayer. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Um, I can say about myself everything that Andrea said. It's amazing how our checklists are the same. Did that. Did that. Did that. Oh, yeah. Did that. Ooh. Did that. And uh, I could add to that list, and every one of us could add to that list. Um, we've all done that. Um, it's in dying that we escape that, and we become alive to the opportunities, to the promises that the 12 steps give us, that God gives us. And then um, about the 12th step itself, uh, language that I love in thinking about it um, is we have become a new creation through our higher powers work in our lives. At this point, we should find ourselves living in a new degree of honesty, tolerance, unselfishness, peace of mind and love, of which we had thought ourselves quite incapable of attaining. I love the language in here about a new degree of honesty. What's a new degree of honesty when you start at zero? And you have to build from nothing. I mean, these, are, these aren't degrees. These are quantum leaps. Uh, this is the miracle of the, of the whole thing. It's not uh, little tiny steps. Once the momentum comes, once you get on a roll, uh, then all of a sudden things just come alive. It's, uh, it's glorious. So let me give you just a tiny bit of history, and I want to distinguish uh, two things. One is uh, spiritual rebirth, which I think is very different than spiritual awakening, as we're talking about it in the, in the 12 steps. 
And I didn't understand that until fairly recently. Um, I'm an uh, incest survivor, both parents, grandfather, maybe some other relatives. Um, I was a play toy for uh, my mother and her sexual companions. Um, I had uh, relatives who were involved in some sort of a satanic cult when I was very young. As the eldest child, I was sacrificed to whatever that satanic cult was. I grew up believing that I was Satan's child, that God could never, ever love me, and that even if he could, he could never be my friend because he was my parents' ally. And besides that, um, how could there even be a God if he allowed these horrible things to happen to me? I didn't understand this as an adult. I just acted out. Uh, exposure, peeping time, other forms of acting out. Um, it all came to a uh, crashing halt uh, August a year ago. I had built a, a very successful law firm, senior partner in that firm. I was a respected university professor. Um, I had a uh, wonderful family, wife who uh, loved me as much as I would allow her to love me, which in retrospect wasn't very much. Um, to external observers, I was a, quote, success. Um, I was arrested August 26th, a night that I'll always remember. It was a citizen's arrest. It was a neighborhood I'd been in before. I was thrown to the ground by a citizen who caught me. I had a video camera in hand. I was uh, about as perverted as anybody could be, and I'd been doing this kind of stuff for a long time. Whoever it was that caught me, and I don't know for sure who it was, grabbed my sweatshirt. I was trying to run away. And I'll always remember this. Slowly spun me around. And as he spun me around, I remember thinking, I could fight. This is a man smaller than me. But there was no will to fight. And it was sort of like, thank God, this is coming to an end. I hit the ground and I was on my hands and knees on the ground. And this man said, stay down. It's the last thing I remember. I woke up. I had broken ribs. The side of my face was all bloody and caved in. I had internal bleeding inside my ears, bruises all over my body. I think that the angry people in the neighborhood I'd been in uh, got some of their anger out on me. But the fascinating thing is I don't think anybody knocked me out. One of the things that I've learned I did as a child to cope was I blacked out. I developed the ability to go numb. Um, I remember thinking that I, I'm not afraid of dying a number of times in my life. And in therapy, I've been talking to one of the shrinks about it. And it turns out I'm not afraid to die because I died many, many times. I perfected the art of going black. Just everything gone, disappeared. I don't know if that's a physiological experience or an emotional experience, but that's how I coped with it. Well, I think what I did that night was I reenacted um, the skill that I learned as a child. I uh, blacked. I just disappeared. I made myself nothing. Andrea, listening to your talk, um, it's a problem that we all have to deal with, this feeling of uh, self-worthlessness, the shame comes to us in different ways. Well, I perfected that 
to probably as about as far as you can go without killing yourself. I I died. I disappeared. Um, I became nothing because that's the only only way that I thought that uh, a person could cope in this life to become absolutely nothing. Well, when I woke up um, out of whatever this was, the newspapers reported that I was uh, out for some time. I was in convulsions. They called an ambulance. Uh, the steam was sable. There was a lot of police around. Reports differ, but I may have been out as long as 15 or 20 minutes. I basically took a nap on the whole thing, I guess. Um, my life wasn't the same. I don't know how to explain this, except that there was this incredible revelation. And the revelation was, how could I have ever been so wrong? How could I have been so wrong? And it wasn't so much fear of what the legal repercussions were going to be, because I knew that I'm a lawyer. I knew they were uh, significant. I knew I'd go to jail. Um, I knew that my life would never be the same. It had nothing to do with that. It had to do with, how could I have been so wrong? And I didn't know for sure what that was. Within a week, uh, several good friends came to me and said, John, um, you know, your, your troubles aren't legal. They're spiritual. You need to find God. And um, I was put for 10 days into a locked psychiatric ward. I had peers there that I'd never had to live with before. I learned a lot. had a chance to think a lot about uh, God. Called one of the most godly people I know and said, you know, I'd like to find God. Can you help me? And he said, uh, no. I'm sorry, that's between you and God. And I thought, how can that possibly be? I'm a person in pain. I'm in need. Help me. I can't do that. Only God can do that. That's between you and God. Um, it was a couple of weeks later that a wonderful woman, front porch of her house in an evening, uh, brought me to God. Put me in contact. And at that moment, there was a thrill, there was a glory that uh, I can't describe, but it was part of something that had already happened. What I know now is that God had to smash me to the ground, had to leave me lying in that gutter broken to finally break my pride, finally get me to humility, finally get me to the place where I could face the things that I really needed to face. I'd been in therapy for 10 years before I was arrested. Uh, grace of God, what I focused on in that therapy was being a parent. I did not do to my children what was done to me. I broke what had been generations of uh, brutality in families. I don't know how I managed to do that. That's God's work. I can't claim anything for that. But it's a miracle. I uh, started then the process of what now I understand is what spiritual awakening is all about. That wasn't the spiritual awakening. That was the, the uh, opening the key and the lock to get me to a place where a spiritual awakening could occur. What I now understand is that it's a process. It's a never-ending process. Lengths of sobriety and the different participations in the program over time. How the awakening occurs and works. For me... Um, first part has been honesty. It says we should have increased honesty. And as I said, when you're starting from zero, you make quantum leaps. Uh, first part of the honesty for me has been to face my past. That's where the pain comes from. That's where the rage comes from. That's where the anger comes from. But not in a blaming way. 
Um, pardoning, forgiving, giving up the anger. Uh, boy, I don't know about you, but that is really hard for me. How do you reach down, dig down way into the depths of your soul, the places where you hurt hardest, and let go of that, even find it in the first place? Well, somehow God has given me the tools, the people around me, uh, the will, the open-mindedness to dig down deeper than I ever thought anybody should ever have to dig, deeper than anybody I thought could dig. Uh, I was in a session on Wednesday. I'm not able to do this myself. They use hypnosis with me. They use other things with me to try to get me to face what was going on. I was uh, lying in the chair. My legs were thrown back over my head. I was screaming in agony. And suddenly somebody came and just smashed the left side of my face. Well, I've had a spot here where I've always gotten sinus infections my entire life. The pain came right where that sinus infection occurs. I got out of the chair at the end of the thing and I went and got down on my knees and thank God for yet another step in the revelation of where it comes from. And for giving me the opportunity to look deep inside and understand it's me, nobody else, not anybody who did anything to me. Spiritual awakening is me. And it's not easy for me. A new degree of honesty. Well, I spent a lifetime lying. Imagine 42 years of acting out. I had breakfast with a friend this morning who said, I was really angry at you. Really, really angry at you. First time I've seen him since I was arrested. Why? Because I hadn't a clue. I didn't know. I couldn't believe it when I saw it, how you could have covered it up so well. How could you have done that? And I said, well, I'm a pretty smart guy, smart enough to end up in jail. Uh, but, you know, I went to any length to disguise my secret. I don't have to do that anymore. God, I don't have to do that anymore. I know you've experienced that. I can experience arousal now and not have to go act out. What a gift. I can make a choice about that sort of thing. What a gift. Where does it come from? Um, Andrea spoke more about it than I can. Um, it comes from that constant searching. Never stopping to search for our own defects, my own defects, my sin. And then it comes from reaching out to others. In the four and a half months that I was in jail, uh, everybody outside me was very worried about me. First, when you're a, a sexual offender, your life isn't worth a whole lot in jail. Um, there was a guy who came in who was sex, a sexual molester. He was beaten up and thrown off a second floor balcony in the jail that I was in. Uh, it's lucky he's alive. Uh, there were other uh, sexual offenders who were beaten up when I was there, but I wasn't. And in retrospect, it was God's work, because instead of hiding from anybody, which I couldn't do because I was all over the newspapers, TV, radio for four and a half months, when I walked into jail, the last thing my lawyer was, now don't tell anybody why you're here. <laughs> yeah, right. I walked fearfully into my cell. They don't have, this was a modern jail, even though it's a maximum security jail. They had a little glass. 
I would like to thank you for listening to this episode of The Daily Reprieve, the best source for experience, strength, and hope for SA members. Please subscribe to this podcast to be alerted of new episodes. Please show your support by donating to The Daily Reprieve by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and choosing either monthly donations or a one-time donation by clicking Donate Now. Thank you for listening, and stay tuned for the next episode of The Daily Reprieve.